0: If you're not already in a dimly lit room, I highly encourage you to do so. Because tonight on Old Time Radio Forever, we are going to listen to the greatest suspenseful radio program of all time, and aptly titled Suspense. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. The most successful, dramatic, or suspenseful program of the old-time radio golden era, Suspense, ran for 20 years, from 1942 to 1962, on the Columbia Broadcast System. Suspense is masterful in its aura, atmosphere, writing, you name it. There is no better program to give yourself a little fright or a little bit of a start while listening to the golden era of radio. Tonight's program, we're taking a trip down south. We're going to meet the Devil's Angel on old-time radio forever.
1: The man in black, here again to introduce Columbia's program, Suspense. Our star tonight is Peter Lorre, playing the part of the Hungarian Count Stefan Kahari a gentleman of sinister aspect. The story is by John Dixon Carr, who calls it The Devil's Saint. If you have been with us on these Tuesday nights, you will know that suspense is compounded in mystery and suspicion and danger. In this series are tales calculated to intrigue you, to stir your nerves, to offer you a precarious situation, and then withhold the solution till the last possible moment. And so, it is with The Devil's Saint and Mr. Peter Laurie's performance, we again hope to keep you in suspense. The Devil's Saint. Paris. Fifteen years ago, Paris as it used to be, when lights twinkled from the old Trocadéro to the hill of sacre Coeur. when taxi cabs honked and the beat of tango swayed, and Chinese lanterns gleamed above the lake in the Bois, when, in short, you and I were young. Come then to the President's Ball at the Opera, Saint Catherine's Day, nineteen twenty-seven. A fancy dress ball at the opera filling these marble halls with a multitude of masks and a multitude of dreams. The mosaic decorations are no less bright than the colors that weave here. Alacrons and columbines, Cleopatra and Musketeers. In the great marble foyer, remember it, they have set out little tables and lines of palms behind which you may sit streaming. Look at one such table. A young man wearing the scarlet and gold uniform of an English Guards officer in Wellington's day, a dark-haired young girl in the costume of a country,
2: and as we approach. It, yes, don't please, you must. Why
1: not? You really don't mind, do you?
2: No, of course I don't mind. Only you must, oh Ned. Look
1: here, Alona, We've got to settle this thing. You have enjoyed being here tonight,
2: Ned. An Ned, I've loved it. After being cooped up at my uncle's place in the country, it's like heaven. All right.
1: When I take you back to the hotel, I'm going to face this uncle of yours tonight.
2: No. No, please don't. I'm going to say that you and I intend to get married, and that's that. Place. I can't marry you, Ned. I've told you that. But why not? Just give me one good reason. Because I can't. My uncle, he would never allow it. Never.
1: And that seems to you a good reason enough? Yes, Ned. This uncle of yours, the, the, What's his name?
2: Count Stefan Kohari. He's a Hungarian, I think, his head. Yes, and so am I. My mother was an American. Well, what's he like, actually? Oh, he's a little eccentric. Mm-hmm. Well, please don't misunderstand. He's a great scholar and a historian, only... he's a little strange. He... Yes. What is it? There he is now. Go on, of course. Yes. That elegant man in plain evening clothes with the order of the golden fleece across his chest. Oh,
1: I see him. He looks as black as a thundercloud.
2: He's throwing those two dresses devils aside as though they didn't exist. Give me my mask quick before he sees it. No, Ilona. Why not? We'd
1: better face this out now. Sit still. Good evening, Elona.
2: Good evening, Uncle Stefan. Uncle, may I present Edward Whiteford?
1: How do you do, sir? How do you do? Ilona, do you think that costume is quite the thing to wear in public?
2: Why not?
1: Well, an older generation might call it immodest. It looks like... Like what? Nothing. Will you go and get your cloak or your domino or whatever you wore here?
2: Uncle, please don't make me go home so soon. It's hardly 11 o'clock. I
1: was not asking you to go home, my dear. I was merely asking you to put on a wrap.
2: All right, I'll get it. You stay and talk to Ned.
1: I shall be delighted. Will you sit down, sir? Thank you. You seem to have quite a gathering at this table. Yes. Some friends of mine from the embassy, they're upstairs dancing now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) look, gases, gases, and still more (laughs) gases. You know, I was quite an addict once at uh, musical gases. Have you ever tried it, young man? (laughs) Well, it's very easy. You take a spoon like this, you see, and... (laughs) Like it? Well, forgive me, sir, but there's something I'd like to ask you. Yes? Well, I don't know exactly how to say this, so I'd better say it in the shortest way. I want to marry your niece. Oh, will come, sir, you smashed one of the glasses. A few francs will pay for that. But there are other things of higher value, at least to me. Oh, maybe I ought to mention first that my full name is Lord Edward Whiteford. My father is the Earl of Grey. Indeed. <laughs> I only mention that to show we're rather well, respectable enough. The British ambassador will ask for me, sir, if you'd like to ring him up. And perhaps I ought to mention that uh, I've always kept Ilona carefully guarded from the world. Almost too carefully guarded, should see? That, Lord Edward, depends on my reasons. Sorry, sir. You have known Ilona about how long? Four days. Four days. You wouldn't even choose a business partner in four days. Yet to want to marry my Ilona... After four days. But well, we know our own mind, sir. You do, huh? <laughs> then you know more than the wisest man in this world. However, there's uh, one whose dearest wish is the lonest happiness, I well, hope it is, Count Cohari. Do you doubt what I say? Oh, no, sir. <laughs> well, I will make you a proposition. <laughs> I own a estate in Turin, not far from Paris, sir. Uh, little chateau, a on hundred acres, fishing very well, good stable of horses. I know. Lona told me. Oh, well, she did? Well, then here is my suggestion. Why not come down and visit us for a week or a two? Oh, that's very decent, Doctor. Oh, well, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and uh, if at the end of that time you're not cured of this infatuation... Well, it's not an infatuation. I swear it's not. No? Well, if at the end of that time you're not cured uh, permanently of this feeling, you may take it, Lona. And with my blessing. It's fair, isn't it? Oh, it's more than a fair cackle, Harry. I don't know how to thank you. Oh, well, please, don't even try. <laughs> and at least I can promise you a very interesting experience. You see, at the Chateau d'Azé, there is one certain bedroom. We call it the tapestry room. Yes? Well, uh, I assure you, it'll be very interesting for you to sleep in that room. Why? Is it haunted or something? Oh, no. No, 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 not taunting. <laughs> well, now, if you don't mind, I shall say goodnight, and I hope I can trust you to bring Ilona safely to the hotel. Au revoir. <laughs> look over there. What is This Just look. Dreams of our fellow guests pouring down the main staircase. Shapes of nightmare. Shapes of delirium. Insane dead masks. Only the eyes move. Wouldn't we be terrified, perhaps, if he would look behind those gargoyle faces? But I don't think so. They're only ordinary people like ourselves. That sure is uh, where you make your mistake. Well, I shall expect you for the weekend, and uh will call in for All right, Luna. You can come out from behind those phones. What was he saying? I couldn't hear. Luna, it couldn't be better. He's a very decent old boy, actually. And he's invited me
2: to the Chateau d'Azane. Did he say anything about the tapestry room? Yes. He invited me to sleep there. And you said? I said I would, naturally. You mustn't do it, Ned. I don't let you do it. Why the devil not? Because everybody who sleeps in that room dies. Dies? Are you serious? Oh, Ned, please don't do
1: it. Oh, nonsense. There are a lot of superstitions about every
2: old house. This isn't a superstition, Ned. It happened once when I was a little girl. A man insisted on sleeping there. They found him dead in the morning.
1: So? How did he die?
2: They don't know. There wasn't a mark on his body. He wasn't shot or stabbed or strangled or poisoned or hurt in any way. He was just dead.
1: Two nights later, in the province of France, now known as Under-Elawer, but once called to the ancient land beloved of Rabelais and Balzac. But now, as the wind moans down the valleys, and rain flickers across the apple, trees and thunder stirs in those haunted hills, it can bring little comfort to a young man driven in an ancient carriage from the railway station along snake-like roads. To what destination? Ahead, a lift of lightning shows the gray walls and conical slate-roofed towers of a chateau set some distance back from the road. Light shine from its narrow windows, dimly seen through the rain as. Driver!
2: Coachman! Oui, monsieur. Is that the Chateau Gazet at the head? Oui, monsieur. I will take you to the very door, if, uh, to Why do you cross yourself?
1: If I am permitted. What should stop you? Only here, monsieur. And I am not much afraid. What's <laughs> that? Only the dogs, monsieur. They feed many dogs, large dogs, at the Chateau d'Azay. Well, here we are. Bonsoir, monsieur. And if I may be permitted a word of advice, well, beware of the tapestry room. On this door, there might at least be a knocker. Ah, got it.
2: C'est alors, monsieur? Vous cherchez? Je cherche le
1: sacre Et je. Je. Perhaps it would be better if you spoke English,
2: yes? My Lord Edward Westfall. Yes. Monsieur is expected. Please to answer. Is at and cool. Thanks, Ned? Hello, Elona. Oh, I've got to buy petite. What's all good? Oh, you'd better not kiss me, Ned. Madame Slay's had to look out for my uncle. Madame Flay is our housekeeper. Oh. oh where's our uncle now? In the drawing room. He's playing the piano. Come along. Ilona, is anything wrong? Oh, everything's wrong. Two of my dogs were in horrible pain this afternoon. Dr. Solomon had to put them out with claw for him. You don't see them. I hope nobody's practicing, that's all. Well, here
1: we are. Oh, nice tiger skins on the floor. I say, who's the little old man with the gray beard sitting over there by the fire?
2: That's Dr. Solomon. <laughs> Doesn't he funny-looking eyes? He watches and watches and watches. He's an old friend of the family. Come along, let's
1: get this over with. Ah, Lord Edward. <laughs> well, I see my niece has anticipated me. Welcome to the Chateau d'Azay. Thank you, Captain Harry. Oh, you must be very wet after your long drive. Go up to the fire and warm yourself. Uh, uh, Madame Fay.
2: Yes, Monsieur.
1: Uh, please tell Antoine to take our guest's luggage up to the tapestry room. Yes.
2: Tapestry room, Monsieur.
1: That is what I said, Madame Fay. Yes, Monsieur an odd coincidence for that Dr. Solomon and I were just discussing the fate of the last person who slept in a tapestry room.
2: This is not good, my friend. This is against my advice. <laughs> it's
1: against his advice. <laughs> you Dr. Solomon croaking.
2: This is not good, I tell you. It is the wrong season of the moon. Uh, the wrong moon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there is no moon tonight. It's raining cats and dogs.
2: Don't talk about dogs. Nevertheless, it is the wrong season of the moon. I say no more. Careful, about that doctor. Don't do it, Ned. I won't be responsible if they make you do it. But uh, Look here, Counsel Harry. What did happen to the last bloke who sat in the tapestry You mustn't
1: call him a bloke, sir. He was a very saintly gentleman. The bishop of Tours. That was some time ago when Delona was only 15 years old, but uh, surely she must remember it.
2: I remember it.
1: The church, said our bishop. Has no use for superstitions. Well, <laughs> he insisted on sleeping there. I I made it as comfortable for him as possible, but he was found dead next morning with a crucifix still in his hand. Was it poison?
2: There was no poison, Monsieur.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> he and Dr. Solomon.
2: It's true, Ned.
1: Well, there were just two very curious things. You see, in... Uh, with that On a mantelpiece there was found burning a stick of incense. Just ordinary incense, nothing wrong with it. Yes, sir? And, uh, under the dressing table the police found it with an empty jar of ointment. Now, here's your wits. A dead man, some burning incense, and an empty jar of ointment. What do you make of that? Oh, I don't make anything of it. It's crazy. do not speak like that. you sorry? It is... Is the wrong season of the moon. Oh, what I really meant, sir, was this. Is, is there any reason for this story of death? Reason? Any legend attached to the room or anything like that? Yes, there is. Well, sir? Well, we are a very old family, Lord Edward. Old and perhaps accursed. When my ancestors moved from Hungary to France in the 17th century, they brought certain beliefs with them. The old religion. The old religion? Yes. The cult of Diana. The cult of Janus. The cult of freedom and fertility. The witch cult, if you prefer. Oh, now look. No. Yes, sir.
2: Must we talk about this?
1: Well, you smile, but... Uh, when I say the word witch, you think of some humorous picture on a uh, Halloween card. It was very different in the Middle Ages, believe me. Then, my friend... There existed an organized religion which rivaled the church. There were many to worship unashamed at the Grand Sabbath. Many to receive all favors from Saturn, their master, and to dance forever joyously in a red, flaming quasals of hell. Some 200 years ago, an ancestress of mine... Katerina Kohari was tortured to death in a tapestry room for professing the old religion. Many persons have not thought it safe to sleep their sins. Are you answered? Oh, come, sir. This is some kind of elaborate joke. Hmm? Joke? The Bishop of Tours did not find it a joke? Not a mark on his body. I assure you as a physician... Not the mark on his body. <laughs> no, not the mark on his body. <laughs> Here, Dr. Solomon. Yes, I hear him. Well, understand me, Lord Edward, there's no compulsion in this if you do wish to sleep in that room, all right? Oh, I'm not afraid to sleep there, sir. Well, I thought perhaps you wanted to change your mind. Oh, never. Would you like me to make a wager on that? What sort of wager? Well, if I spend the night in this famous room and come out of it alive... Yes. Will you give your consent to the marriage immediately? Tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning? Why? Because I don't think the atmosphere of this house is good for a What do you say? Will you do it? Very well, Lord Edward. I accept the terms of your wager.
2: Don't do it, Ned. For oh, the love of heaven, don't do it! <laughs>
1: In the north tower of the Chateau de Zay. Under the conical slate roof is a circular room hung with faded tapestries. These tapestries move slightly with uneasy mimic life to the clamor of the storm outside. Candles burn along the mantelpiece and beside the great four-poster bed. The flames of these candles waver too as the door opens
2: the tapestry room, monsieur?
1: Thank you, Madam Fleck.
2: That is the mantelpiece where the incense burns. That is the bed where
1: Monsignor
2: de Bishop dies.
1: Very inviting, isn't it?
2: Will there be anything else, monsieur, requires, Some sandwiches at the tantor offices?
1: Oh, no, thanks. I had a drink with the Count Harry before I came upstairs.
2: Dear monsieur. Uh, monsieur, the shaving water will be brought up in the morning, if he requires it good night
1: I know, Monty. trying to scare a fellow out of his wits just because oh, I hope they built a good fire anyway I didn't realize how cold it was. him so I must have dropped what's that it's
2: me Elona. May I come in no
1: no no get out of here
2: that's not very gallant of you No, me. I
1: mean I, I don't want to expose to whatever it is
2: Ned, listen are you going to bed Or are you going to sit up all night?
1: I'm going to sit up all night,
2: naturally. Then let me sit up with you. No. Why not?
1: Well, it may be dangerous. Besides, I promised your uncle I'd go through with this alone.
2: I wish you hadn't had that drink with him. Why? He couldn't have done anything to it. It was you who poured it. Yes, that's true, only... Is that it sounds like footsteps. You know? Where's it coming from? It seems to be right here in the room. It seems to come from all directions. Doesn't it sound like somebody walking between the walls? My right,
1: George, it is someone walking inside the walls. Get behind that tapestry, Lona, Quick, hide there. Come, Kohari, where did you come from? Oh, forgive me, Lord Edward, for uh, seeming to appear out at the wall and between the tapestries. <laughs> like Mephisto appearing too fast. <laughs> and this red dressing gown perhaps adds to the effect, too. <laughs> How'd you get here? A passage between the walls? Yes, exactly. do devised my ancestors for uh, visiting this room. You know, they invented that when its occupants were so unmanly as to bolt the door. Doors not bolted? You could have walked straight in. But I couldn't have done it unobserved. No, maybe not. Have you had any other visitors, Lord Edison? No. Are you quite sure of that? Quite sure. Well, then, uh, since nobody told me to come here, I'll just sit down by the fire. <laughs> Please sit up, forget me. Is this the showdown, sir? Hmm? I don't understand. Well, there's got to be a showdown between us. Is that why you're here? Oh, I'm here, young man, to explain certain things to you. Uh, will you have a cigarette? Thank you. I... Oh. They're perfectly all right, that is what you're afraid of. I'll have one, yes. A light? Go. Yes, sure. Well, when I was discussing the witch cult a while ago, you didn't appear to think I meant what I said. Do you want a perfectly frank answer to that? Yes. I think you're mad enough to mean anything. <laughs> mm. What you say, in a sense, is quite true. In an old and, uh, inbred family like ours, the mind can crack in the fantasies of witchcraft, become as real, well, more real than the living world. Let me give you an example. Go on. The saucer on the table beside you is mill porcelain. It was once owned by Katharina Kohari, a martyr of the old religion. Yet you are using it as an ashtray. Oh, I beg your lady's lady's pardon I'll blow off the ash. Oh, that's a very dangerous remark, sir. Don't you understand that the worship of evil can be strong and compelling as the worship of good? That the devil can have his saints too? That the sick brain which knows but can't help itself? You have profaned this room. You're bantering it. And therefore, you deserve to die. Like the Bishop of Tours? Exactly. You're not going to tell me the devil killed him? The devil's agent. Maybe flesh and blood. Then it was murder. Oh, of course it was murder. Murder so cunningly contrived that no one ever saw through it. Go on. I asked you before to use your wits on this problem. Well, look, incense was burned in this room. Do you know why? Suppose you tell me. Well, obviously, I think, to conceive something else, which would be too easily noticed. To conceal what? For instance, the smell of chloroform. <coughs> chloroform? Yes. A are not really well understood, by And Dr. Solomon, by the way, was using chloroform this afternoon to dispose of some dogs. So I've heard. Well, Dr. Solomon is old and uh very forgetful. You mean chloroform could be stolen? Oh, yes, it could be easy. Now suppose, I mean just suppose I take a pad saturated with chloroform. I place it over the mouth and nostrils of a man already sleeping or drugged so that he gets no air. Wait a minute. That... that won't do. Why not? Chloroform burns and blisters when it touches the skin. You leave marks. Oh, no, not at all, my friend. Not at all. If I first covered the mouth and nostrils with some substance like... Wait a, a... A minute. Yes. Now you're waking up. Hi. Now observe what follows. In a few seconds, unconsciousness. In two minutes or three minutes, death, certain death, yes. Oh, but chloroform, you see, <laughs> it evaporates very quickly. There is no trace in the stomach since nothing has been swallowed. Well, delay your post-mortem for twenty-four hours. Very easy matter in these country districts, and no trace remains in the blood. Murder without a mark, or a dead work, murder without a mark. You can't do it, Canco, honey. There's one thing you're forgetting. What is that? I'm not sleeping, and I'm not drunk. Oh, yes, you are. How? When? In the cigarette? Hmm? No. In a drink you had with me. What was it? Morphine. And you've had enough to put three men to sleep. <gasps> See, that's it. Well, try to get up. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> you see? You've knocked over the fire irons. you have been in the fire yourself if I hadn't caught Take you. Take your hand off me. Just as you please. Oh, if I could reach that bell pole. Well, but you can. Well, I better sit down again. You're murdering lunatic. lunatic. So that's how you killed the Bishop of Tours. That's how you're going to kill me. Who, I? You don't think I killed the Bishop of Tours? Didn't you? You fool. I'm not trying to kill you. I'm trying to save you. Dr. Solomon.
2: Yes, monsieur.
1: Well, come out, come out, come in the room. Come out and be my witness.
2: Yes, monsieur. I shall always guard the family honor, even when I guess how men die.
1: This young man evidently thinks I've been talking about myself. Am I in a popular parlance, insane? Oh,
2: monsieur. Heaven forbid. I have never known a saner man.
1: Have you any notion, Lord Edward, why I brought you to this house? You would never have believed me if I had merely told you. So I had to bring you here to show you. Show me what? What?
2: <laughs> look, look at the tapas. Come out of there. Come out of there. Hey, come out. Elona. Yes.
1: Yes, Ilona. Why do you think I've kept Ilona so well guarded from the world? Why, at a fancy dress ball, for instance, did I object to the costume of a medieval witch whose dogs were poisoned so that chloroform should be brought? Who poured the drink, drunk with morphine?
2: In the devil's name, what are you trying to tell me?
1: It was Ilona. She's been helplessly, hopelessly insane for more than ten years. Peter Laurie, tonight's tale of suspense. This is your narrator, the man in black, who conveys to you Columbia's invitation to spend this half hour in suspense with us again next Tuesday. Spear, the producer, John Deeks, the director, Bernard Herman, the composer-conductor, and John Dixon Carr, the author, are collaborators on
2: the stage. Broadcasting System.